Hi, it's Rebecca Whitman, your host of the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. I'm a top-rated life coach, an international best-selling author, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I'm on a mission to help you go from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. The experts on this show will help you achieve work-life balance so that you can experience abundance in seven pillars of life, spirituality, health, emotions, romance, mindset, social, and financial life. When you have all seven pillars of life in alignment, you are balanced, beautiful, and abundant. Let's go. And her boyfriend died suddenly on the way home. He, he got hit by a train. And it was just shocking to her. And for two years, she, she just grieved. She just felt her feelings. And then she hired me. She's like, okay, I want to move through the rest of my grief and then reinvent myself. I want to start dating again. I want to feel more confident, let go of the guilt because she, she didn't uh, go out with him that night. I think guilt is such a part of grief, right? That people always want to blame themselves, but it's never their fault. Not never, but I am saying for the most part. So we helped her let go of the guilt moved through the rest of the grief, said goodbye to that dear relationship. Welcome to today's episode. Today's episode has a different focus, though I feel it's an important focus to deal with, as some of us can be completely wiped out in every sense, financially, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically, and socially. And this can happen when we leave a toxic relationship. Fine, we didn't have the I's dotted and the T's crossed when we lost our significant other got caught up in the ravages of the pandemic with our jobs and whatever, or grief took such a toll on us that we opted out of life for a bit. So in today's episode, I want to give you hope, hope that there is a way back to abundance in whatever form you want it to take. We're going to take a look at what abundance really means and how you can have it too with my guest today, Rebecca Whitman. She is a magnetic abundance mentor, an international best-selling author who graduated with honors from Princeton University. Not only has she been awarded Life Coach of the Year, she's also been awarded Empowered Woman of the Year. And this year, 2023, LA Weekly magazine featured her as one of the top seven entrepreneurs to watch. But it doesn't stop there. She hosts the top 1.5% globally ranked Balanced, Beautiful and Abundant podcast, which won the Positive Change Award. This lady just keeps on winning stuff all over the place. She has also been featured in New York Weekly, Miami Magazine, LA Weekly Magazines, appeared on ABC, CBS, plus guested on over 100 podcasts. If that wasn't enough, she has given keynote speeches at Columbia University and UCLA and has shared virtual stages with renowned thought leaders Grant Cardone, 
Jack Hemfield and Les Brown. So what we are going to get into today is her philosophy, which divides life into seven pillars of abundance with the goal to achieve balance within these seven areas. So you can experience more fun and freedom in life. And don't we all want that? So more on that in a moment. But firstly, a very warm welcome to you, Rebecca. Thank you, Helen. What a kind introduction. It's so great to be here. Oh, it's wonderful to have you. And this is a little bit different from what I normally do, so I'm excited to explore where we can go. But the first thing I wanted to note, that that is one very impressive resume. And (laughs) you're welcome. And it would be easy to be intimidated by all the accolades and success you've had. Yet, I read on one of your Facebook posts that when you received the news about being one of the top seven entrepreneurs to watch, you were shocked. So would you like to tell us why you were shocked? Well, that's a great question, Helen. I was shocked because it's taken me longer than I wanted to, to become a successful entrepreneur. And because I compare myself to people who make much more money than I do. And I was shocked because I love what I do. My mission is to empower women to go from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. And I love having multiple income streams, but I did not think I was at the level to be uh, top seven entrepreneurs to watch in Los Angeles, which is a humongous city. And yeah, I was. I was shocked. Sometimes when you're a solopreneur, you're working from home and you're putting out content and sometimes you don't get a a like or nobody watches your live and you're like, is anybody even hearing what I'm putting down? So having it acknowledged by LA Weekly was very shocking for me. I think it's really important to note that too, because you've got the success and yet you're just like everybody else <laughs> sitting at home. And I and that's where I want that hope to come from, that we all have these self-limiting beliefs where we think, oh my gosh, is anybody listening to us? Are we really making a difference? And yes, we are, but sometimes we don't have it in bells and whistles. So we have to just, you know, follow our passions and, and do what we do well. So I think it's important to note that, Rebecca, what's your background story? How did you find your passion for helping people? My background story is it has nothing to do with life coaching, that's for sure. I I moved to LA 22 years ago to pursue my passion to be an actress. Mm-hmm. And although I had small parts on big shows like Friends, CSI, and 24, I wasn't quite able to make a full-time living at it. So I found myself working at children's acting schools, which I totally loved because I don't have kids and it was so fun to work around their energy. And while I had a lot of free time, because the kids are only available after school and on weekends, I started studying the law of attraction with great spiritual teachers like Michael Beckwith, Abraham Hicks, Wayne Dyer, Louise Hay. Mm -hmm. And I started applying that to my life and I got incredible results financially. However, my love life was not so incredible. In fact, it was often very painful and I had many relationships that ended in heartbreak. 
And when I was 39, I said, I better get married if I ever want to have kids of my own. And I married someone who was not a good fit. And three years after marriage, I filed for divorce. And while my marriage was dissolving, my dad was declining in a nursing home. And in one of our last conversations, he asked me to write a book. And I said, I have no idea what to write about. And he was buried on a Wednesday, 72 hours later, my marriage dissolved. And although I was devastated, I, I still kept showing up in a very high functioning, high vibe way in my life. And a few months later, I was sitting across the desk from my financial planner and he said, Rebecca, I've got to tell you, you have your best fiscal year ever this year. You've become a millionaire through your real estate and your investment portfolio, yet this is the year you lost your dad and your marriage. So I think you should write a book empowering people to be resilient. So I wrote a book. It's called How to Make a Six-Figure Income Working Part-Time. And in the book, I divide life into seven key areas. And when all seven areas are in alignment, you can bounce back from a divorce. Now I'm happily married to my soulmate, experience radiant health, make six or seven figures working part-time. And that's what I coach women on. I coach them how to create a six-figure side hustle, and I coach them how to manifest their soulmate in midlife. Oh, that's great life experience to actually put onto paper for others to follow and read. We can have it all working in one or two areas, but then we can be unhappy because the other areas, like you mentioned, your love life, you just didn't seem to attract the right person for you. And I think it's it's great. So we're going to go through the seven pillars. But first of all, I'd love for you to define for me what abundance is, because I feel that uh, some of our listeners might be thinking, oh, abundance, this is not for me, because that word alone actually has a lot of weight to it. You know, it's, it's saying you can be abundant, you can have whatever you like. And a lot of people's self-belief systems are uh, such that they don't believe that. So what is your definition of abundance? Yes. Most people think that abundance is just financial, Mm -hmm. but to me, abundance is the paradigm of having more than enough. So you can have abundance as far as just your view. There's more than enough good. There's more than enough happiness. There's more than enough love. And then you can also have abundance in these seven key areas, more than enough connection to spirit, more than enough health, more than enough emotional stability, you know, more than enough romance, more than enough mindset, having a positive mindset, more than enough friends, more than enough money. So it's not just money. It's feeling that there is an overflow of good coming your way in all areas of life. So that is the seven pillars that you've just described, isn't it, Rebecca? So just run us through them again, one by one, just so we get a good sense of what these seven pillars are. I would love to. So the, the pillars are in order of importance for me, and spirituality is first, because I believe when you are connected to source energy, whatever you call it, you know, God, universe, Jesus, Allah, Buddha, doesn't matter you are going to be more powerful. You're going to have more serenity. Your day is going to go smoother. So I like starting my day with a morning practice. 
And I met this woman, Janet, 30 years ago at a 12-step meeting, and she showed me this journal format. I believe she's an angel because I never saw her again. And I've been doing this journal format for 30 years, and it has helped train my mind to go from negative to positive, from scarcity to abundance thinking. And I would like to offer that as a gift to your listeners. Mm -hmm. So that abundance journal has been a staple of my morning practice. I also do prayer meditation and I read from spiritual literature. So that's the first pillar. Then I go to the gym. So fitness is the next pillar. And I really believe in body before business. I didn't always believe that in my twenties, I didn't work out at all. And I was overweight and unhealthy And now I prioritize my health over everything else. The third pillar is emotions. So we talked about scarcity or abundant thinking. You could also say that all emotions are either love or fear-based. That's from A Course in Miracles. So jealousy, bitterness, resentment, anger, cynicism is from fear. And happiness, appreciation, joy, bliss, contentment gratitude that is from love. So how do we switch our emotions from the fear channel to the love channel? And the fastest way we do that is through a gratitude practice. The second fastest way is affirmation. So I know we started this before we hit record with a beautiful card reading and affirmation. So that's so important. The next area of abundance is romantic love and your romance and your finance are inner designed. If you are interconnected, if you have a bad relationship, it often affects your financial life. And if you're having a hard time financially, it often affects your love life. But romance is so important because people are either lifting you up or they're draining you. There's no such thing as a neutral partner. They either believe in you and they're cheering you on or they're putting you down and they're criticizing you. And I have had many relationships that were draining and the men that I was with put me down. And now I'm married to someone who just believes in me and lifts me up. And I think that is one of the biggest reasons why I've had so much success in the last few years because it's uh, all happened since I met my soulmate. And that's why I love helping women meet their soulmate. The next area after romance is men. Mental and mental means having a growth mindset. It could be listening to an amazing show like The Beautiful Side of Grief. It could be Audible. It could be YouTube. It could be reading, taking a class, learning a new language, anything that helps grow your mind. Uh, The next area is social. Social is so important because your vibe attracts your tribe. And if you want to have better results, hang out with people who have had those results, you will get them through osmosis, or you could also hire a coach or a mentor that has the results you want. But find a community that is experiencing whatever it is you want to experience, whether it's health and fitness, romance, or financial. And then finally, the last pillar is financial. And everybody thinks financial is first. I'll go out and I'll work really hard. I'll make a ton of money. I'll hire a personal trainer. I'll look really hot. I'll attract my soulmate. We'll go on spiritual retreats and we'll socialize with other couples and be happy. But in my experience, finance is the last piece of the puzzle to come into place. So when you are spiritually fit, physically happy and healthy, you're in love, you have friends, you're high vibe, you are going to attract financial abundance. Wow. 
Yeah, I love I love that. And I love that it encompasses the whole person. There's nothing that's been left out of there. And I really think that that's where, where people can often come unstuck, don't they? Are there any, any one area or any big areas that you see people coming unstuck in their daily lives of who you're dealing with? Is there a theme there? People becoming un- unstuck. Stuck. Yeah. They're stuck. Yeah. I think oh, a lot yeah. of a lot of women are stuck in one of three areas. They're either stuck on their romance where they are wanting to find their soulmate and they've given up or they're in a relationship that's toxic that's no longer serving their highest good. So it's romance or it's finance. Women are, are also feeling stuck in a dead end job. They don't want to be, you know, having the nine to five anymore. They want to have more freedom, more fun, which is why I teach them to create a six figure side hustle. And then the third area they feel stuck is their health, which is why I also own a health and wellness business that helps women look younger and leaner and have more energy. So those are the three big areas where they would feel stuck. They're either stuck romantically, financially, or with their health goals. Well, you're certainly testament to the health and wellness because you look absolutely fabulous and our listeners can't see you, but you know, take it from me that you do. Thank (laughs) you. So you're also hot on a stress-free approach to creating this type of lifestyle. Tell me about that. I am because I believe that stress is the number one killer All diseases are caused from stress, and not only is your health affected by stress, your relationships are affected by stress. If you're stressed out all the time, you're not going to be, you know, in the mood to be romantic or passionate with someone because you're too stressed. And then stress also affects your finances. Nobody wants to do business or give their money, become a client, or collaborate with somebody who's so stressed that they are not fun to work with or work for. So stress is something to be avoided at all costs. And it's very counterintuitive because stress is almost a badge of honor, like, you know, hurrying to and fro and like it's the hustle and grind culture. I think that is the male paradigm that you have to be totally like stressed out and exhausted to achieve success. I don't believe that. I feel like if you come from your feminine energy, you can be joyful and you can be powerful and magnetize your good. That is why I call myself the magnetic abundance mentor as my title, because I teach people to magnetize their good instead of to go out and chase it. Let their good find, let the good find them. Just like you, Helen. I mean, I magnetize you. I didn't even know you, you know, <laughs> an hour ago. So, and here we are having this great conversation. I, I'm a great believer in that because I have people, I, I say, pop out of the ether, <laughs> you know, contacting me to be a guest on my podcast. And I go, how on earth do they know about me? You know, because this is just my little old podcast that I'm passionate about helping people see a different side to their grief and, and, 
talking about that, listen, listen to what lights you up when you speak. Because I shared with you just before we went live that I've just finished a job and I was speaking with my boss and I'm very upfront. So we were just having an honest conversation and I said to her, I I think this is drawing me back to my passion, which is my podcast. And I started talking about that and she goes, Helen, listen, listen to you. When you speak about those things that you love and that you like, you light up, you become energized. So I totally understand what you're saying there. And that's what I think people should listen to. When your voice gets excited about something, really take note of that. So, in New Zealand, we don't typically we're not a we're not a race that goes to coaches <laughs> as a go to. Like we don't go to therapists very well, and it's a last resort. And we don't typically get ourselves into coaching. But tell us, how does life coaching differ from other forms of coaching? Well, therapy is more like self knowledge, understanding how your thinking started in childhood from childhood trauma, processing that childhood trauma with a therapist so you don't repeat the same patterns and you know why you're doing what you're doing. To me, coaching is more like instead of going to the past, it's helping people create a vision for their future and giving them a roadmap to get it. So you want a coach who has the results you want Because if you do what they did, you can get what they got. You wouldn't hire a health coach who was a chain smoker and overweight. You wouldn't hire a relationship coach that had five divorces, right? So you want to have someone who has the results that you want, and they will give you the coaching and the roadmap so that you can get the same results. So I really really love coaching women on creating a six-figure side hustle and manifesting their soulmate in midlife because that's what I've done. So I can show them, look, this is what you do. And I give them assignments and action steps, whereas therapists, technically, they're not supposed to tell you what to do. You're supposed to kind of, they ask a lot of questions and you come up with your own conclusions about things and it's not as action driven. I feel like a good coach will really put you into action so that you can get a different result. And just so we're clear, there are some situations where grief, I believe, opens the door to everything. So if you have a major grief experience, then you're probably opening the door to every little thing that's happened in your life. You know, it comes in unexpected forms. So you can have both, you know, go to the therapist if you yeah. need the therapy. But I also believe grief is a great life changer as well. That unwraps everything so you're laid bare and it's an opportunity to start anew again and so that's where I believe people who are ready for this in their life now can seek somebody like you as a as 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 a life coach can can get in contact with you and just say hey I'm ready to change the direction of my life how do I go about doing that would that be a fair statement I actually had a a client from your neck of the woods from Australia Mm -hmm. and her boyfriend died suddenly on the way home. He he got hit by a train and it was just shocking to her. And for two years, she, 
she just grieved. She just felt her feelings. And then she hired me. She's like, okay, I want to move through the rest of my grief and then reinvent myself. I want to start dating again. I want to feel more confident, let go of the guilt because she, she didn't uh, go out with him that night. I think guilt is such a part of grief, right? That people always want to blame themselves, but it's never their fault. Not never, but I am saying for the most part. So we helped her let go of the guilt moved through the rest of the grief, said goodbye to that dear relationship. And then she started dating again and she got her confidence back. And I think that my coaching helped her move through the grief. And what grief is, is it's, it's beautiful because it's purging. It's feeling your feelings. You know, I like to say that our soul is like the sky. It's a constant. Our soul is eternal and our emotions are the weather, but we are not our emotions. So some people think I am my grief. I am my depression and they get stuck instead of just letting it move through them, however long it takes. And I know, you know, for some, it never ends, you know, it comes back in waves and that's okay. But just let that grief move through you. And then once that storm passes, you can choose to reinvent yourself and, and relaunch your life and have a new a new chapter and a new beginning. Yes. The opportunity to release all those all that conditioning, all those negative self beliefs that you've grown up with that you've always kind of pushed against, but maybe not so majorly. This is the opportunity to let them go. I remember, I remember a day not so long after Tao died and and I remember standing there thinking this is the worst possible thing that could ever happen to me so I don't care what anybody thinks from this point going forward and it's not that I didn't care about what they think it's that I didn't care about like I used to be the perfectionist the person that always wanted to keep the peace in the room the person that was always trying to make things right well I got to a point where I just said well no more of that actually you know I'm just going to do what feels right for me and be okay with that and it's okay for people not to like me you know that's totally okay so you talked earlier about a morning ritual what does your morning ritual look like and what are the benefits of developing a really good morning ritual well I'll start with the benefits the benefits are consistency the benefits are like today for example I got in late from Ohio because I live in LA and there was a delay because there was a big storm in LA. I easily could have slept in and not done my morning ritual, but I wanted to feel the consistency and the power and the self-esteem that I got from doing my morning ritual. I didn't do it fully. I just did my abundance journal and then I went to the gym and, oh, and I, I like drinking lemon water first thing in the morning to cleanse mm-hmm. the, the detoxification process. And I have this amazing liquid collagen that I take, which the link is in my bio where the abundance journal is. That's one of the products mm-hmm. that I promote. But yeah, so I wake up, 
before my head even gets the best of me, because we all have fear-based thinking, I'm no like ascended master. I'm as human as they come. So I wake up, I throw the earbuds in, I listen to something positive on Mm -hmm. YouTube. I love Abraham Hicks. I also love the app Clubhouse. There's a lot of great rooms there. Then I'll make my lemon water. Then I'll take my liquid collagen and drink my supplements. Then I'll make some caffeinated beverage. I go back and forth between tea and coffee. I love mushroom coffee. So Mm -hmm. I have some mushroom coffee. I have a little cozy corner of my couch. Next to that couch is my, my table of all my spiritual books and my abundance journal. And I just make myself cozy with my hot beverage. I write in my abundance journal, which is exactly what I did today. If I had a little more time, I would have completed my morning ritual, but I'll probably go back and complete it later. I write down, you know, what I want to achieve today. And then I read something from spiritual literature. I pray. I pray when I go to the bathroom, (laughs) which I do all the time because I'm very hydrated. So I'm very prayed up. And then I, and then I worked out and I worked out with my husband. We love taking a class together. It's actually based in Australia called F45. So I'm sure you've heard of it in New Zealand. It's like a hit training class. And then we went and we adopted our beautiful black lab today. And when I got back, I was a little like discombobulated because I didn't expect to adopt the lab today, so I didn't create space in my schedule. But now I'm just getting I'm getting back into it. But that morning practice, it's everything to me. And I yes. and I won't I won't miss it no matter what's going on in my life. Even if I'm if I have an event where I'm speaking early in the morning, I just get up earlier. I know, and some people think it's all woo-woo and oh gosh, here you go. Like that. But when you actually get into it and try it and do it Oh my gosh, you notice when you don't do it. You really, really notice. Like for me, I try very hard before I wake up, just when I'm in that sort of limbo land, to just say in my mind the things I'm grateful for because that instantly just raises your vibration. And it puts you, like you hop out of bed and you're already positive because you've lifted your vibration. And it's such a good way to start the day. And I think the benefits are too is that it doesn't matter what crops up in your day. Like you had a very hectic day and it could have easily turned on you, but you allowed it just to still flow. And it has. So, yes, definitely, definitely works. Some of us think it's selfish taking care of ourselves. What are your thoughts on self-care? Well, self-care is not selfish, and I feel like our energy level is like a cup of water, and if we are constantly pouring it out, pouring it out, here I'm drinking a big cup of water now, Mm -hmm. pouring it out, and then it, it becomes empty, then we get exhausted. Then we burn out, then we can, then that leads to dis-ease in the body. And I actually have a couple acquaintances that made seven and eight figures and Mm -hmm. they're sick. They're terribly sick. Their health is at risk. And I like to say that our health is our number one resource. If you have your health, you can create anything you want in life. If you don't have your health, then your number one priority is just to get your health back. So if you keep giving and giving and giving and giving, 
and emptying your cup, then you get depleted. And I like to teach women or men to fill their cup up first and do the self-care, get the seven or eight hours of sleep, do the morning practice, do the yoga or the workout, get the massages, bubble baths, uh, reading, whatever it is to you. It could be cleaning out a door, organizing your closet, taking a walk in nature, catching up with a friend, whatever self-care is to you, whatever rejuvenates your soul, make sure you, you build that into your week so you don't burn out. And I also like to teach people to build in a play day in their week, because if it's all work, then you will burn out. And when you're burned out, you're not of service. You think you're being of service, but when you show up exhausted and depleted and resentful, you're not really showing up as your highest self and you're not really helping people as much as you think. It's much better to pull back, say no a couple of times so you have your time for self-care and then you show up as your joyful, high vibration, radiant self and you can truly give to people. Yes, yes. And giving comes in so, so many forms. And I've grown up with that, that saying that if your well is empty, you can't give to others. So make sure your well is filled up first, and then you're able to give to others. So I totally resonate with everything you're saying there. So I know that we're going to, you've got another um, appointment coming up, so I don't want to keep you too long. We have a few more minutes. (laughs) But I want to hear about finding your soulmate after divorce because there are people out there who have perhaps lost their soulmate who are at the stage now where they're feeling very lonely and ready to, you know, put put their toes out there, feel the water. Tell me how how you manifested your soulmate. Yeah, so I I got a divorce and my ex-husband said, you'll never find anyone. So of course that motivated me because <laughs> it's like, tell me what I can't do and I'll go do that. So I was very determined. I joined five internet swiping sites. I hired a high-end matchmaker and I've went on so many dates and none of them felt like I, I could connect with them. And I decided to do a dating detox, take 90 days off, not think about men, talk about men, talk to men, and just focus on myself. And during that dating detox, I went to a party thrown by the owner of my gym, and I invited everyone at the party to my book launch party the following weekend. And the only person from the gym party that showed up was Ben, And bought a book and said, I would like you to sign it, not at the book launch, but at dinner. And we had dinner that night. We closed down the restaurant because we couldn't stop talking. We were so connected and we've been together ever since. And I teach women how to manifest their soulmate by taking them through a process of self-forgiveness, forgiving the men in their life that didn't show up the way they wanted to getting really clear on what they really want. And then I show them how to be in their feminine energy or masculine, whatever they want to choose. Feminine energy is passive, patient, receptive. Masculine energy is more the pursuer, wants to compete, control, and conquer. So we talk about that. I help them figure out where they're going to meet this guy. Then I help them negotiate the dating world, how to have many, many dates. I don't believe you should be monogamous until you 
negotiate for monogamy and then how to have a long-term exclusive relationship. If that's what you want, if you don't want it to be exclusive, I have no judgment, but most of the women who hire me are looking for a soulmate. So I help them create a long-term monogamous committed relationship that could lead to marriage or just lifetime partnership. So that's, that's kind of the journey that I take women on. And I know that kind of what I said in the beginning of this interview, Helen, that is the journey that worked for me. So I simply looked at what I did that worked and I reverse engineered it for my clients. And I've taken many women down the same journey and they have found their soulmate. And it's just so rewarding seeing someone who has given up on love, like totally in love. Yeah. And all those practices you're talking about, about the self-care and about doing the physicality, going to the gym, exercising, taking a walk in nature, all those things actually add into that equation of attracting that person because, you know, you're putting out that beautiful energy and that's what you're going to attract back to you. I know for me, I'd been on my own with my daughter for so, so long. I was totally out of the scene. And I educated myself on what I wanted a good relationship to look like. What did I want? And then I made sure that I was that person. Like, it's all very well to say, I want, I want, I want this. But if you're not actually being that yourself, it's it's not very fair on the other person. So, yeah, that's what I did. And, yes, and I attracted a beautiful person into my life as well. I'm so happy for you. Well, I like to say you attract who you are, not who you want. Yeah. So you don't want to write down all these lists of wonderful qualities and a soulmate and then you're not those you yes. those are a great list to write down and i would like to offer that as an assignment to your listeners write down the list of qualities you want in a soulmate and then embody those yourself and that will put you one step faster toward meeting your soulmate oh beautiful advice there to finish off i always ask these three questions what is the best thing that's happened to you today Oh my God. The best thing is that I brought home a beautiful black lab named Indigo. I was totally heartbroken and shocked on October 30th of last fall when my dog uh, went to the vet and they told me he had an infected stomach. He was going Mm -hmm. septic and I had to put him down. It was like the most shocking, excruciating pain of my life. It was painful when I lost my dad because I was prepared for that. And I had a a couple other dogs that were much older, but this one was just like very sudden. So I really empathize with the grief that your listeners go through. And so I wanted to take 10 months off to really feel my feelings and grieve. And today was the day that I brought home another Labrador, which is my, you know, avatar, my spirit dog. So I just brought home a black lab named Indigo, which I showed you before we hit record. And It's just been magical bringing her home and teaching her how to walk up the steps to my condo and showing her around the neighborhood. And I'm just like so filled up with joy right now. I know. And she is beautiful. She's just got this face that you just just want to hug her. (laughs) What (laughs) What are you most grateful for? Oh, my gosh. I am most grateful for my childhood, even though it was painful. I had every opportunity 
that any kid could want. I was driven all over the country to tennis tournaments and the tennis helped me get into Princeton and it wasn't a perfect childhood, but it gave me a foundation to achieve what I want in life. And the tennis really made me fearless to go after what I wanted to be an entrepreneur and just to thrive on high risk situations. So I'm very grateful for my parents who provided the childhood that I had. Mm, it's beautiful. <laughs> and when when you have moments in your day that are turning to custard, how do you pivot out of those? When I have moments in my day that what? Oh, oh, so we have the saying, turning to custard, not going so well. <laughs> oh, never, I have never heard that expression. That's not oh, American okay. expression. I like custard. I'm like, custard's sweet. It tastes like pudding. Bring it. When I have moments in my day that are not going well. How do I re-rail myself? That, that is it. Because to me, resilience is not falling down. It's how fast you bounce back up. Falling down is just part of life. So how do I reroute myself? I like affirmations. Mm-hmm. I really like saying to myself, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. All things are working together for my highest good. Things are going to turn out better than I can imagine and just be in acceptance because when I'm in resistance, what you resist persists. And when I'm surrendered and in acceptance, I don't know how this is going to work for my highest good, but it is going to work for my highest good. I'm going to be all right. God didn't drop me this far just to drop me on my head. I have faith that everything's working out for me and having those affirmations going on on the back of my head really, really help. And I pause because I can go down a negative spiral just like anybody because thoughts create momentum. So it's like, oh no, that happened. And then what if this and what if that? And I can really get anxious. So I have to pause and say, okay, I'm going to go on a downward spiral if I don't stop this and start building my mind back up through and my vibration back up through affirmations. Thank you so much for sharing that because I believe you're not the only person who goes down those wee routes and that, and that's such good advice just to pull yourself back up. Rebecca, I just want to thank you so much for finding me and for reaching out and for for liking what I do, and, and you are a gift to the world. Keep shining your light bright. I love what you're doing, and, and just keep keep up, keep inspiring our women to be empowered, to know that they can change the, their lives and to, to have hope and always, even in the worst situation, you're a beacon of light. And so thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom and that beautiful offer. So I will have all the links to your sites and to that link in the episode notes so people can go and find you and find out what you do in a bit more detail and find that abundance journal. So, so grateful to you today, Rebecca. Thank you so much, Helen. It's been a delight to connect to you. And I'm so grateful that the law of attraction brought us together and Keep up the great work that you're doing too and helping people see the beautiful side of grief. So thank you. Thank Thank you so much for having me as a guest on your show.
Thanks for listening. I hope you got some real value from this episode. Let me know how I'm doing or if there's a topic you'd like covered by clicking on the Healing To Be You Gmail link or going to the Healing To Be You website. To get notified of new episodes, hit the subscribe button and please share, share, share if you know of someone who could benefit from this episode. Until next time, be kind to you and take good care. Hey guys, if you're struggling with online dating and just sick and tired of swiping right, if you're just not meeting the right people, or maybe you're lonely and dreading going through another holiday season single, then I have great news. I am opening my Manifest Your Soulmate eight-week class for enrollment so you can find your life partner before the holidays. Just go to the link tree link in the show notes to schedule your Manifest Love Call to learn more, and I can't wait to learn more about how I can help you find your true love for once and for all. If I can do it, I know I can help you.